Good morning. The song I'll sing is in my mother tongue, and it says, when Jesus was born, the angels rejoiced. And I'm sure there are angels seated in the pews. So let's rejoice together. Malaika vimbanga no sangari mirembe mirova loa yesu yivulwa loa yesu yivulwa malaika vimbanga no sangari mirembe mirova Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Malaika Bimbanga, Novu Sangali, Mirembe Mirova. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Malaika Bimbanga. Novo sangali, merembe mirova. Thank you. Thank you. Rosemary, thank you so much. Peter, why don't you do the one that you prepared? Just kidding. <laughs> Which you don't know is he has some. Oh, I'm sure he would. I'm sure Peter. <laughs> So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what language was that, Rosemary? Um, it's called Luya from one of the tribes in Kenya where I was born and where my parents were born. Mm. Okay, so Kenya's home for you. Yes, it is. Beautiful. Tell us a little bit about growing up. Did you know God? Did you know about his love for you as a child? I grew up in a Christian home and... My parents taught us how to be obedient because that's what God requires. And we religiously went to Sunday school, to church every Sunday. But as a child, I would forget about that and I'm doing my own things, which were not good and which my parents would not approve of. Um, <laughs> but when I got to be 13 years old, my auntie led me to the Lord, and two years later, it's like I dropped Jesus away and started doing the same thing I said I would never do. But long before the end of that year, I rededicated my life to the Lord, and that has been the most beautiful walk and beautiful journey mm -hmm. ever. Thank you, thank you for sharing that with us. Peter, welcome. Thank you. Good to have you with us. You too. Share with us, where is home for you? Where do you come from? First of all, salam aleikum. Aleikum salam. In Sudan, we speak Arabic and English. So when I say salam aleikum, I'm talking so Sudanese language. Uh -huh. And then, uh, how are you? That is what salam aleikum means. How are you doing? Then you say, we are okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is Peter Grang from South Sudan. 
I work for Alam South Sudan, and I was born in a country called South Sudan now. It was Sudan then, but become South Sudan in 2011. I was born in a family of seven siblings, in which I happened to be positioned six. And uh, it was fortunate to like that I was born in South Sudan. If it were the United States, I would have not been there. Because six children, six positions in the family. Two, one, and then you are done here. <laughs> and well, we're, we're glad uh, and I born. went to position <laughs> six, and then I'm here. We're two or three, and then we're out. And yeah. you are done. So thank God for that. I'm uh -huh. not American. <laughs> So, my family used to worship the gods of rains. They call Dengyath, that is the god of rains. They do not worship uh, Lord Jesus Christ. And they were farmers and they keep cattle and then they do a lot of farming. They were having enough. The measurement of many in their terms was cattle. So, how many cattle do you keep? And uh, the food production that you have. So, we were better off, we were brought up but not in godly way, but in the God of the traditional way. And they worship uh, every year, once a year, almost like Christmas time, almost. The end of the year, they do a lot of uh, uh, sacrifices. And then there are a lot of dancing and celebration. I witnessed that. But uh, I happen not to be one of them because later on I left. Hmm. So your your family grew up worshiping a God, just not the God, not the God that we know loves us and honors us. Mm. Tell us, how did you come to know the God that loves you, begin a relationship with him? In 1987, you know very well what happened in, in Sudan and South Sudan in 1983. So in 1987, there was serious war, and we were to be pushed out of the, the place, our villages, and I happened to be among the lost boys of South Sudan, in which some of them are United States here with you. We went to Western Ethiopia, a place called Panyundo. By then I was 11 years old. We moved one month from our home to, to Ethiopia. We got a lot of challenges on the way, starvation, thirsty, and sicknesses, and wild animals. I am counting all this because they cost life. People died because of diseases. White animals ate some of the children and uh, many other things, the war itself. So in 1988, somebody called Daniel Matiabagwara. I don't even know where he is now. He's the one who shared the gospel with me one of the evening. That the day will come when God will judge the living and the goat and the sheep will be separated. <coughs> And uh, those who are going to be Christian will be saved. But those who are not Christian, they will be put in hell. And uh, he asked me a question. How many hairs do you have in your head? I say, I don't know. He say one of them will burn for a long time, and then he will be tormented. So that one actually did not make me awake. Mm -hmm. I did not sleep. I, I, I sleep awake the whole night. In the morning, I said, where are we going? Say to the church. And at the time, I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ before the congregations that I believe Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Mm -hmm. And from that time, 
Actually, I came to be the first person to be a Christian in my family because those who remain home, they were still worshiping their gods. Mm. But I become Christians out of the family. So that's how I come to know Jesus. Mm. We thank God for that. Thanks Amen. for sharing that. Yeah. You know, um, in our Advent season, one of the, our themes that we've been talking about is this, this concept of nowhere town, that God shows up in these places of... We just don't know how he's, how, like, how is God going to work in this place where it just seems like it's been overlooked or overshadowed, and, and where's hope here, and what is, what is, how is God going to show up in a mighty way to change these circumstances around? And so as we kind of think about that theme, I just want to ask you guys, like, how have you seen God show up in these places that have been overlooked, these nowhere kind of places, and God show up in a mighty way and do something that you didn't think could be done? Uh, Rosemary, I'm going to start with you. Um, in 2013, our organization, Peace International, built a school in a town called Bor, which is in, in a village called Biong. And in December 2013, I traveled to that place so that I could register the children to know how many there would be so that when they come to school the following year, which was going to be January, we have enough supplies for them. And the same month, I think it was just three days after I got home, when someone from Juba, which is the capital city of South Sudan, called me and told me that fighting has broken out in Juba and other towns, and people are killing each other. And as we listened and watched, it was never ending. And eventually, we were told that the school we had built had been taken over by the army. So it became their army barracks, mm. which meant the children would never go to that school. Mm. And we would never have to use it. And it became very distressing. And we wondered, what next? So the Board of Peace asked me to travel to northern Uganda, where there was a big empty field that was given to the refugees from South Sudan. And when I got there, it was such a desperate situation. There were very many children. And all that these people had was a piece of cloth hanging and being held and supported by four sticks from the ground. Mm. That was meant to be their home. And it just broke my heart. And I wondered, all these children are here because somebody woke up one morning and decided these children should live in a refugee settlement. Hmm. And as, as I walked through the crowds, I overheard my name, those children calling me. <clears throat> I think it was just the most difficult time hmm. for me. Because these are some of the children who knew me in the other school which we had started building. And here they are. When they hoped they would be in school on the other side in South Sudan, they are now in a refugee settlement. But another voice came to tell me, Rosemary, you should be happy because they are here and they are alive. Some of them never arrived, but these ones are here. And I believed that maybe God would help us do something for them. Mm -hmm. 
And I gave my report to the board members and within no time, we received the first check of $15,000 from Fellowship Bible Church. That was the money we used to put up mm -hmm. the first two classrooms, which we used for the following three years because we didn't have other classrooms to have the children use. So those who graduated from kindergarten went to a different school, which was like three to four miles away from where they lived. In the process, they dropped out of school. But as we speak now, we have six classrooms on the ground, and the seventh and eighth classrooms are being built right now as we sit here. And <laughs> what seemed so hopeless and desperate, God has just blown it out, and that is who our God is. He makes things out of nothing. When we thought there would be nowhere these children would go, they are somewhere today. And next year, we are going to have about 500 kids in the school because already we have more than 120 children registered to come and join the school next year. So God builds on nothing and comes a huge and wonderful and beautiful thing. He has done it for those who are living in the refugee settlement. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rosemary. Peter, how about you? Where have you seen uh, God show up in a place where there was nothing uh, to, to now, where you see God work in a mighty way? Being from the background of being a refugee for 17 years, and uh, God gave me the opportunity of finishing my studies and I was training pastors in one of the towns she mentioned in Bor. That was 2008, 2009. Alam called me into the ministry. That was in first July 2009. And I happened to be in Lienam, the village of Goriel East. No infrastructures, no road, no communications. My family is cut off from me, everything. The city is not there. So it was like I was deep in the village in darkness. There are times when I think like I'm going to quit and uh, resign and then I go and look for another job. But God said, don't. I even say one day, what kind of degree data hints that I cannot even pay the school fees for my children. And then I'm just here. But the other day, I changed my mind. God said, don't quit. And together with Fellowship Bible Church, they came, those of Michelle and the team, in 2009, November. And the support I've seen, and the project we work out together, uh, result into the formation of PLTI, that is Pastoral Leadership Institute of South Sudan, where we already trained three batches, graduated them, and now we are in the fourth batch. And that is unbelievable. And uh, those young men and young pastors transformed the life and bring many souls to Christ because they opened churches, they mentored the young people. The church is growing through them. You support alum, as alum support the communities, as communities support themselves. And the multiplication is taking its effects. Mm. 
And the evidence is seen by many of you here, not me alone, Ms. Scott is there, Michelle, the rest of the team you sent from ESCs. What was a lamb then, Leonum community, and now? So that's it, and uh, I cannot believe that the, the lost boys just in the bush become a leader one day to, mm. to, to teach people, to help others through. And not only in Lienama, I'm the country director for Alam South Sudan for the last five years now. So it's a blessing from God using me for his purpose. Mm. VLTI is one item on many alarm activities in South Sudan. And the women's groups being trained, they are helped through the adult literacy. They know how to read the Bible in their mother tongues, their, their dialects. They are able to bring food to the table because of microfinance, adult literacy, the tailoring. They do a lot of work to bring food to the table. We used to be, not to be like that in Denka culture. Men are the always one bringing things to the table, but now they are doing the, the job together. And I'm seeing a lot of love because now men knows, oh, you can also do something. Mm. Even they can hear some ideas. This idea of uh, leadership in the house is for all of us, not mm. for only one person. Mm. We are seeing that and through the woman transformation. And likewise, also in the schools, Linda Primary School and Second School. So a lot has happened, and we thank God for you. Mm. Thank you, Peter. Mm -hmm. it's so it's wonderful to get to hear how God is working uh, in small ways and, and big results. Um, I don't know if you're catching this theme of education. They've both talked about education amongst the, the younger children, but then also for the females and the males. And I, I think we take for granted how easily or how accessible education is here mm -hmm. um, and just how vitally important it is in countries like um, South Sudan and Uganda. Rosemary, in Ajamani, where you, you mentioned the schools, can you just share with us what what is that impact? Why why does it make such a big difference for these children and women to be educated? Um, when children come to school, the first thing we teach them are the basics. How can you keep yourself clean? Before you eat, wash your hands. After using the toilet, wash your hands. And the children transfer this information to their parents back home and the other children who don't come to the school. Um, before they learn how to read and write, we have to train them how to respect one another, love each other, and take instructions. And that's why if you come to our school today, you'll find when you told, tell those children to line up before they go to their classrooms, they will do it without any problem. And the ones standing behind each other they will be helping the ones in front to be in straight line. And so learning becomes easy. And then it becomes a healthy community when they have learned how to keep themselves clean. Secondly, these are the children. As we teach them to eventually have a personal relationship with Christ, these are going to be the change agents in their communities. When, you know, at that age, you can nurture the child the way you want them to be. 
And that's what we are trying to do through the teachers because we are training the teachers in trauma healing because teachers receive the secondary trauma from the children. So for them to learn and understand where these children are coming from and they can deal with themselves before they can help the children, then learning becomes possible in the classroom. Mm. So that's what we are doing. And our hope and prayer is that this is going to be transferred into the communities, into other people's lives, that we don't have to do it over and over again for so long, but it will filter into the communities by itself. That is what education does. And in addition, we look at the mothers. These mothers are with the children every day. If they cannot give the children food, it becomes difficult for them to say they are mothers because the children are looking up to them. Most of the men remained in South Sudan, maybe they are still fighting, or they are somewhere else, or most of them have been killed. So you find women take over the headship of the families, and the children are looking up to them. How do we help the mothers to cope? We are training them in tailoring, in microfinance, and in business, and just within one year, what we can see those women do. Hmm. We cannot put our fingers on it, only God who has done it. Because you, you introduce something to these few women who are maybe 30, but after one year, there are 150 of them, and all of them want to do business, want to do tailoring, they want to do microfinance, and it is working. And they have come to say that they do not need the UN food. Because with the money they are getting, they are able to buy better food for their families. They are better to do thing, better things for their families. So around this school where we started just doing education, so much is happening. In the process, um, a training for church leaders was born. Training church leaders in peace building and trauma healing. A church is one place where a lot can happen from. So these men go back and take it back to their congregations. And then it is filtering into other places. Mm. How beautiful it is to hear from the government officials, the prime minister's office, and the UN come to tell me, Rosemary, what you are doing by training these men and women is bearing fruit because we no longer hear about fighting in those settlements where church leaders have come to be trained. Hmm. That goes to God, it's to God's glory. And I know from 2015, fellowship has been consistently helping us to meet that need of training those church leaders. It's been wonderful. It started small. It's growing, going deeper, and it will filter into communities by itself. Mm. When the same people you are training come to tell you, we would like to hire a bus one day and just drive around every settlement in this refugee settlement to tell them about what we have learned so that people can live at peace. Hmm. That is God, and thank mm -hmm. you for doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So that education is empowering <laughs> lives 
to change generations. That's beautiful. Um, <clears throat> Peter, I know it's, it's similar uh, there in Vietnam with the uh, Linda School Primary School and Hope Secondary School and then PLTI. Education is playing a vital part. Can you share with us uh, what's happening there? Education is uh, so essential and important in the life of everybody in the world. And indeed, to those communities who are bowed in Africa, especially in South Sudan, in Vietnam, and we have seen education as a light in the darkness because those communities, they never got an opportunity of sending their children to schools. Mm. And the presence of Linda Primary School and Hope Second School in that community is a new dawn in the darkness. And the product is, is something visible, and we have seen it. The indication of some key examples, one of them is that those PLTI pastors, they are now able to come and teach the PLTI alongside with us, especially those alumni whom we trained some time back. Some of them are now in the universities doing theology, others are doing law and different disciplines. Mm. They will come back and then further the ministry. We are seeing that in PLTI. Churches growth to num in numbers and also in the world. And also what we have seen, those Linda Primary School children will be the leaders of tomorrow in the community mm -hmm. through science education. <clears throat> you see doctors coming out like Angelo. Angelo is one you have been supported doing medicines and he will graduate a medical doctor very soon. Mm -hmm. From the village of Lienno. Is it not a great thing? Mm -hmm. Being great things, that's great. We want to see a doctor around the area. Our mothers will not die through childbirth. The, 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 the malnourished children will be helped through, and uh, all those things will take place. Mm -hmm. We are seeing theologians. Samuel is graduating next year uh, with theology. He said, I challenge his life because I was the one actually in charge of the area, and when they see me, they say, okay, we need to be like you. Though he has to go where I graduated 12 years ago. He's actually coming out next year as a good theologian who will also help us in PLTI. Marco is a lawyer coming out from the University of Juba, and many examples that I can give aside. So these are the indication of why education is important, and we are seeing the fruits. Mm -hmm. And in the word of God, it is really challenging because many of the pastors were not trained. They were ordained before they are trained because of war. It has been a series of war. And when revival comes, there will not have time to train those untrained pastors. So they were actually given their binocular mother tongues. If they know how to read and write in their own mother tongue, they are given a ministry of the gospel to teach and share the gospel. So they don't have a depth studies in the Word of God, so we need to help them before they go home for retirement. And those who are still coming to take up the leadership of the church should be found in the Word of God before they become pastors. So we don't need to do the mistake when there's no needs now. So we need to bring church truck. And one of the writers actually put it right, actually was a missionary in South Sudan. He said the church of South Sudan or church of Sudan is like a big tree with a very huge branches, but a very shallow root, whereby anything come, it will just go down. Mm -hmm. 
And I prove him right because if you go back to 1800, there was Nubatia kingdoms in the kingdom of Meroe. There were a lot of Christians and they were not well trained. Later on, when Islamization came, all these people were wiped out and now the whole area is Muslims. So it's right. So how do we do counterattack to those kind of uh, recycle work? Is to train our own so that they will be rooted in the word of God. And whoever comes with waves of storm of heresy, you know, heresy is uh, teaching things that are not biblical. Mm -hmm. It's not sound doctrine. So we need to train people in the word of God so that a pastor will know this is the tool to use. And he knows what he's talking about. He will not assume. He will not say, I think this is what the Bible says. No, we don't think. We say, this is what the Bible says. <laughs> because the word of God is power. And affirmative statement is needed, mm. not passive. So if we talk passive, we are teaching people wrong doctrines mm. and scripturals. So it is important to train pastors. And also not only pastors, those communities, so that tomorrow people like us and even more than us will come out from those communities and lead the country of South Sudan. Mm. And that's the transformation we want to see. Mm -hmm. And it will happen. So thank you. Thank you, Peter. Necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I love about partnering with uh, leaders like you around the world is exactly what you just said, Rosemary and Peter, is um, the UN in your area and the, and the prime minister are coming to you to see how are you doing this? Like, how is peace coming to this area? How are people being trained up? And and then, Peter, for you to say that, that you know, there's, attorneys and, and future doctors coming out of the schools that you guys are coming, like they're coming to you guys and saying, hey, what you're doing is working, mm -hmm. it's bearing fruit. And one of the things that is really important for us to know is South Sudan is one of the, the newest countries in the world. And so as, as they're talking and they're talking about education and future leaders and things like that, they're actually talking about the foundation of a nation being formed. And so when they're talking about building into these schools and building into these kids and training these pastors, this is, this is like the forming of a nation, uh, of how did they start building on peace now. So this is so huge for us to be able to come alongside leaders who understand what it takes to actually do holistic training and development and leader development and pastor training. It's so, it's so encouraging for us. And it honestly gives me so much confidence to say, my dollars that, I, that we're going to give are going to build more school classrooms and, and pastor leader training because it's coming alongside you guys. And so we, we just want you to know that we see you in the work. We know it's hard uh, and we love you and, and we want to come alongside. And so one of the things that I, I want to draw attention to is what you guys have asked for in the global offering uh, for this Christmas. Um, Peter, talk a little bit more about the pastor leader training. You've asked for, for more funding for training more pastors. Why is that such a, a critical thing of, of not just training the pastors, but the legacy kind of piece that you're talking about? Yeah, actually, uh, your dollars counted because they transform lives. And uh, they make those who are not uh, part of Christian family to be brothers and sisters in Christ. Because mm -hmm. the expansion of the kingdom of God is so evident. Mm -hmm. And also, for Church of South Sudan to be in the light in the darkness, church leaders must be brought up in a, a, a godly way. Mm -hmm. So that we will be able to talk to the community will not fear any intimidation because if the church is silent, the country is done. Mm. 
but they change mother many boys in the country, so that to bridge the gap in case of anything. So bringing child leaders up, meaning now, you put it right, it is the true foundation of that country. Mm. Where there is no God, the, the country cannot go right. But the word of God should be the foundation of every nation. And that is what makes America great, because it was founded in the God, in the word of God. No matter waves now, it will not take you off because you have already rooted well. The same thing must be invested in our children. If we invest the knowledge and the word of God in our children, nothing will come our way. Things will may happen, but just a matter of time, mm. and you keep the truck. I don't mind how many challenges could you put on my way as long as my vision is clear. Mm. I will look for ways to reach my goal, not you. And that cannot come unless you know where you are going. So if you don't know where you are going, you can be hooked up by any challenges here and you are done. Mm -hmm. And this is what we want to see. Mm -hmm. yeah. We need to be proactive, train child leaders. And not only training these child leaders, we are training the communities mm -hmm. so that they will be able also to help their own communities. They will be able also to bring water to those who have no water. They will be able to train the community who have no education. Mm. What we are doing in Lianum should be duplicated by other communities so that it reach the entire nations. Mm. So through you, we have seen a lot. And it is the same things. Through me, God transformed me so that I will be able to transform other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And not me, all of us together. The last thing is that uh, investing in people is one of these. It's not easy. It takes time. Our women of Lianum, they have been trained many years. And uh, those of Michelle are surprised now the level they are in terms of livelihood. We did not believe they will change the way they are. But now they take off properly. And we have examples. So this is it. Human development, seen from 1987, I'm still struggling to know more and more and more so to invest in person is not easy, but when somebody take off, it is once and for all. Mm. It is very difficult for us because we are like pioneers, some of us. Our families were not Christian families. Mm. There was no government before. There were no system before. So we are like pioneers, and we are. We are not like, but we are. Everything begins with us. You have five children, you have trained 10 children because the others, they don't have education, so you have to support them so that they are not burdened to your family tomorrow. So what do we do? You don't have option. Whether you have a child or not, you have somebody to, to educate. Mm. That's the situation we are in. So in terms of what we call sustainable here, you build your account, you have your money. It is not our, we don't have that. Ours is to eat, to sleep, to go to schools, mm. because that many will not be enough until you serve, no serving. We are on emergencies. <laughs> mm. But God will make it one day, one time. Our children will not go through the way we are going. Mm. Otherwise, thank you so much. Mm. Thank yeah. you, Peter. And even, even you know, what he's, what he's said in, in, in other services as well is, is the trauma training that they're getting as pastors to go into these places where civil war and, and traumas have happened. So you're, you know, you're, what you're talking about is actually so important in changing these, these communities. Yes, in South Sudan, because of many wars and wars, you may say you are not traumatized, but you are traumatized in your actions. 
I may be healthy, well-dressed, but when I talk, I, I'm not talking myself because my mind is not in place. So even if you are not traumatized direct, you will be traumatized indirect. Even Rosemary here is traumatized by human things. <laughs> I am also traumatized by what happened in Leonam, and we are now even traumatizing you. <laughs> giving you secondary trauma because when you hear always bad news, bad news, you become affected. Mm -hmm. And that one become illusions and uh, at, at the end, mm -hmm. is a very bad counselor it is when you cancel person and then now a counselor cry when the counselor also cry. So who is helping who here? Mm -hmm. So that's the situation we are in. Mm -hmm. We need more of that. And also Alam does that in the parliament. We have... Uh, Conflict management, trauma healing, peace building, and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And then they say we are not alone. They were divided until they forget that they are Christians. They send us to the states, and then now we do the same. Mm -hmm. The example of my own, when I went to Pibor, if I have that one minute, mm -hmm. can I go ahead? Yeah. All right. In Pibor, one of the states, I asked people, do you know where am I? They say we know you. Who am I? You are a pastor from where? From that community. And they do come and take children. They, you know, it is something, an art of child trafficking and cattle raiding. Then I asked one of my friends, do you love your child? He said, yes, I love my child. I said, the same way you love your child is the same way that the child of the person whom the child is kidnapped love his or her own child. Also, don't you know in the Bible it is saying, God created us in his image. We are in the image of God. How can you steal God? Amen. And then they were like crying. Mm. They said, it is not all of us, but it is some of us. So some of the strange things are still happening in this world. When the, the time has come, when those things were things of the past, but they are still happening. Mm. Human trafficking, taking somebody's child to be yours by force is an art of but it is still happening in South Sudan. Mm -hmm. So this is the situation we are in. Mm -hmm. But we need you, we need your prayers. I went there because I need to tell them, I'm from that community, but I don't need you to practice the way you do because we better, you better come our way so that we develop our country. Mm -hmm. If we fight with guns, it will not solve any problem. But through education, the word of God, it will transform them. Mm -hmm. And our trauma will go. Mm -hmm. It's God you are here. We need more trauma there, mm -hmm. yeah, in that country. Mm -hmm. When I talk sometimes, I feel like crying. Because if I reflect all these things, they are inhumans. Mm -hmm. And somebody intentionally decides to do it on you. Mm -hmm. But you don't have that heart to repent, but they are doing it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult for me to go to some communities in South Sudan than coming to the United States of America. I come to the United States is free than going to some communities in my own country because of war. If I go there, my life is in danger. But when I come to America, it becomes simple when I cross some miles than my neighborhood. So we have a lot to do mm -hmm. to help the people of South Sudan through trauma. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Thanks, Peter. You know, um, <clears throat> Rosemary, I'd love for, as I'm thinking about just what we're talking about of just God showing up in these places where we just don't think that he can. I'm just thinking about some of your guys' stories of hardships and 
maybe it's illness or a broken relationship or a, a kid that's gone astray or maybe just your own, your own life. Maybe you're battling in, in depression or, or certain things that are happening in your life. And you're, you're just wondering, how's God going to show up? How's God going to work in this situation? Is there any hope? And Rosemary, I would love for you just to speak to those people in, in our church today. Um, you know, from your experience and your story, when you had to leave with your four daughters and didn't know how God was going to show up, how did you how did you make it through? And how would you encourage um, us today? What would you what would you impart to us? Thank you. I was in such a place many many years ago, and it's never easy, and you don't see the end to it. You kind of develop impatience because you are praying that this thing is taken away from you, but it doesn't when you want it to go. And I was at that place. I prayed every day, many times in a day, that God would make a way for me, that God would remove the pain from me, but it was not going. And I would get so impatient and start thinking of alternatives. Mm. And it didn't happen once, twice. It happened so many times that I'm looking for alternatives to ensure that this pain goes. It doesn't go when you want. It goes in God's time. And through that, God has taught me patience. Through that, God has taught me to wait on him. It takes a very long time. I remember when I was going through it, I was broken. I, I didn't even feel like I was a human being. I felt like I was crushed in so many pieces. And at that time, you wonder where your friends are. You wonder where those who are close to you went. You wonder where Jesus is. I also wondered. I wondered and wondered. But from a distance, I would hear that still soft voice. It is possible. And this morning, I want to encourage you when that little voice speaks, believe it, believe it, because it is coming to happen. Maybe Jesus is telling you, just wait for a moment. I'm around the corner. And when he says he's around the corner, he is just around you. I felt lost with my four girls. They were still teenagers mostly, and I didn't know where the next month's rent would come from. I didn't know where I would get money to pay their school fees. I didn't know when, where the next food for tomorrow would come from. But the beautiful thing is we never stayed hungry the landlord never sent us out of their house. The children never stayed away from school because I didn't have money. God was around us. He had surrounded us. 
And I'm a testimony of a broken piece, a broken vessel that was broken into many pieces. I don't know how many pieces your situation is broken into. I don't know how much pain you are undergoing. Pain is pain. It doesn't matter what type of pain. It is pain. And when it is, you are the one feeling it, it is painful. It's painful. It's painful. But God came. Jesus came. He picked those little particles of me that had been crushed, that had been stepped on, that not a human being could see, he picked them up. He remodeled them. When God created me, he said I was good. But when I got broken, he picked those pieces again, remodeled them. When you remodel what you had created earlier, you make sure it is better than the first one, right? That's what he did. He did it for me. He did it for my girls. I don't know how many of you have seen my girls. They are all married now. I'm a grandmother of three. And, <laughs> you know, I just look back and see that with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing, nothing. It doesn't matter what. I have seen it, and I'm living it, and I know it is possible. Mm. May the Lord come through for you. Mm. I remember when we were younger, we used to sing this song, pick up the broken pieces and bring them to the Lord. He will put them back together and make them whole. Mm. That is true for me and my girls. And I know with my grandkids and my great-grandkids, it is true, and it will be true forevermore. I'm praying that that is true for each one of you that may be going through something you think is not possible. Mm. May the Lord come through for you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Rosemary. Rosemary.